0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, we'll be talking about families... And the secret to a happy family. Uh, There is a secret. Uh, We didn't want to let everyone know, but now uh, we've talked to some people and they say the secret is out. We can let you know what it is. If you want a happy family, you need to listen to the show. That is the secret. The secret, very simply, is Cinnabon. (laughs) Nothing can make a family (laughs) happier just the the smell wafting through the house. Right. Now, you don't actually – it doesn't have to be the brand name Cinnabon, but that happens to be my favorite. Okay. It could be just, you know, cinnamon buns. Anything cinnamony, hmm. sugary, bready, frosting-y. I don't know. I loved wa- waking up to orange rolls, the smell of orange rolls cooking or hey. baking. So good. That oh. says love. Yeah, it does. Doesn't that say happiness, though? Yeah, I mean, sure they, you know, sure you were in a family where slave labor was being used. Yeah, but sure. Uh, but when I smelled that, I was like, "Mom, you love me." That's right, you love me. Or bacon. Yeah, mm. man, it's the, the power of food. It's powerful. Yeah, it is. It's actually not the secret though. Uh, wh- what? No. Okay. See, I was tricking you. That was a trick. Whew. Did it work? Yeah, you got me. You got me. Ah! <clears throat> Well, uh, it was a trick because here's the deal. The reality is, it's not about Cinnabon. Oh, darn it! I thought Alyssa had brought me a Cinnabon. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> nope. Yeah, she I went to the airport and it. got one. Yep. Nope. She they just have, brought me a worn, paper. Know. Who knows? But, it, but you know what, Alyssa, run and grab us some okay. Cinnabon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Good. no big deal. Get, get on that. Yeah, sure. um, on the show today, we we have got an awesome guest. Uh, Bruce Feiler will be joining us, big time. New York Times bestseller, six consecutive New York Times bestsellers, and today he's going to be talking about his latest book, which is all really about happy families. The ah. secret. There's a secret. Ah. So what's the secret to the O'Neill family? Um, what makes you guys so happy? Pasta. See, it's back to food. Yeah. Wow. Is not that simple? Movies or food? hmm I thought it should just be love. <laughs> is that overrated? Yeah. Hmm. Well, apparently we don't know because we always <laughs> go to food. So that's our show today. We're going to get into that also a little bit later uh, in the show. Who else but the Child Whisperer is going to be joining us. Julie Nelson will be talking about should we keep secrets from our kids because we do. There's a lot of secrets. Of course. There's stuff we don't tell them. Well, and sometimes
1: we, we think they don't need to know. Well, I know, but sometimes, sometimes th- they
0: actually do need to know. Yeah, some secrets really aren't secrets anymore. Right. You know, there's other secrets, huge, that we can't destroy. So uh, we're going to be talking about that, secrets as well. Also, uh, you know, we're just going to have a lot of learning today. So before we uh, go any further, we need to get into the headlines. Headliners from The Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might
1: have missed. Well, actually, this headline comes to us from Twitter.
0: It's a Twitter headline. Twideline. Tweetline. Tweetline. Tweet line.
1: Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's about four days ago, and there was a
0: synod happening, a synod of bishops. Yes, I heard. You heard about this. And it was, it was, all, the, it was all the talk. Yes, it was. Because they're trying to decide about marriage and mm-hmm. potential and divorce, and are we going to have new rules in the Catholic Church? Is that what that was about?
1: Something like that. Educate me. Well, I actually follow
0: the Pope on Twitter. Uh, The Pope's about to win the Peace Prize. Uh, You think so? Yeah. Hmm. He's my—if we were betting on a Peace Prize, he'd be my bet.
1: But maybe you could read the Pope's tweet there. I think it's the second one down on that list.
0: Pope Francis uh, from his Twitter feed, at Pontifex. uh, Happy families are essential for the church and for society. Yeah, yeah. Is that the I secret? Mean, that's the secret. secret I guess is you yeah. know. Isn't that what's so great? so because we're coming from a, um, Brigham Young University. We're we are right. members of a different church. True. And yet, what is so beautiful about that? We totally agree. Exactly. That's what's so funny. When you get down to the most basic, basic of issues, guess what? We pretty much agree. Yeah. Always when you get to the principles most of us humans we all agree
1: i guess the synod is actually still going on it's going on from the 5th all the way through the 19th you know and i heard there's some gonna... i
0: heard some press like they were disappointed cuz he didn't he didn't what? take it on he want some people wanted him to get in there and oh, take I, yeah, it on oh yeah that's true that's ca- true look you can't I heard about that. direct the pope no there's there's things in play there's principles at play
1: right Man, and let people. him finish meeting and discussing at least to figure yeah. out you know maybe there's a consensus in there who knows well but anyway
0: it's it's hard my my son uh, is in Mexico yeah serving an LDS mission there and you know the, the as the rules of the Catholic Church go so go the rules of marriage in many 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 countries that's true and so I he has a lot of people that they can't divorce because of yep. their faith they mm-hmm. can't marry because of they can't so they don't divorce they just Cohabitate exactly, and they'll live 30 years cohabitated, and then you know, then all of a sudden they want to change their life mm-hmm. or whatever, and it, it you know, creates some problems. So that's what I think they're trying to figure out.
1: Uh, another article I saw from Herb Scribner of the Deseret News National Edition, yes. Uh, this is a title, an article entitled Four Keys to Happiness That We Can Control.
0: Okay. Because sometimes you can't control Well, it. food intake is one of them. <laughs> no. Okay. This, it
1: does, it, this actually has nothing to do with food.
0: Wow. People but, think uh, deeper than we do.
1: Arthur Brooks, who yeah. is the president of the American Enterprise Institute, okay. came and spoke to the staff at the Deseret News. All right. Okay. So he was talking. He's He's got some great books, uh, things yeah. that have been on the New York Times bestseller list. And he's a strong advocate for entrepreneurship and upward mobility. Uh, But in a piece for the New York Times in December of 2013, he said, happiness can come from our genes, events, and our values. Hmm. The genes we inherit from our family members help determine what makes us happy, and particular life events we encounter help determine our levels of happiness with our lives.
0: True. I believe it. Totally believe it. Yeah.
1: So, but – I'm with him. The biggest thing that influences our happiness is values. And there are four values that he says we should be pursuing. Okay,
0: here we go. What are they? Faith. Do you value faith? Mm-hmm. And is So to me, I would say value faith is a principle, and the value means you hold it dear. Right. Okay, so yeah. Family. Faith. So faith in a God or a higher power belief. Mm-hmm. Family, that family is an important organizing principle of life, right? Exactly. Okay.
1: Number three is community. There you go. And the fourth one is work. The
0: work ethic. Mm-hmm. So, if we have those, those, he would say, beget more happiness. Yep. Faith, family, community,
1: work. To pursue, here's his quote To pursue the happiness within our reach, we do best to pour ourselves into faith, family, community, and meaningful
0: work. I like it. I agree. I agree. Now, the irony of that, today we're going to talk about a little bit of faith, probably, I'm sure. The yeah. family and community. The Pope, the Mormons, the LDS Church, uh, Bruce Feiler, who will be talking to us. We're all talking about the importance of family about and, and the impact it has on, fam- on um, community and the impact it has on um, faith. So you can't get rid of family, folks. Today we're going to give you the secret, though. There's a secret of a happy family. And our next guest has uh, written an entire book on it. Bruce Filer, up after this break. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Boy, a blast from the past, right there, Partridge Family. <laughs> oh, it's just so funny the memories that come back when you think of little redheaded Danny, you know, begrudgingly getting on the van. The I bus. still remember the bus. Get on the bus, <laughs> the Danny. Bus. On the back it says "Nervous mother driving." <laughs> that's true. You know, uh, you know, that's that right there. There's a secret to happy family. Put everybody in a bus and drive them around the country. Just remember the episode where
1: the skunk got on the bus.
0: See, you've got a good memory. I know. I think I blocked. At least a lot for of this TV out. shows,
1: anyway. Sad but true. My anniversary, forget it.
0: <laughs> yeah, forget it. Yeah. In fact, you're still trying to make up for the comments you made on the show yesterday. <laughs> we won't even get into them because they do not lead to a happy family. On today's show, my friends, we're talking about the secrets of a happy family. And on the phone with us right now, Bruce uh, Feiler is joining us. He is one of America's most thoughtful and popular voices on contemporary life. He writes the This Life column about today's families for the Sunday New York Times and is the author of six consecutive New York Times bestsellers including Walking the Bible and the Council of Dads. His latest book, The Secrets of Happy Families, is a bold playbook for families today. It collects best practices for modern-day parents from some of the country's most creative minds, including top designers in Silicon Valley, elite peace negotiators, and the creators of Modern Family and the Green Beret. Uh, Anyway, again, it's a number. It's on the top five New York Times bestseller list. Bruce Feiler, welcome to The Matt
2: Townsend Show. Thank you very much. I called the creators of the Partridge family, but they have been all ousted from their families for (laughs) dispensing (laughs) bad information and feeling underappreciated.
0: That's right. See, those were the days when, you know, we, I guess we cared about our kids, but not really because we would let them, we wouldn't put them in seatbelts. You know, they could do whatever they want. We, you know, so we need the newer people, you like modern family. I mean, that's why you had to research those pros, didn't you?
2: Well, the, um, I have to say, I heard a statistic today. It really puts a lot of this in perspective. Um, I wrote this column in the New York Times, as we were talking about it, and I, I'm doing one now about family weekend in colleges and how it's sort of become this really big deal, and I was I was talking to this professor in uh, Virginia, and and she was saying something, which I have, I have also read myself, which is, you know, today, three-quarters of women work outside the home, right? Right, right. And dads are much more involved in parenting, so there's been this whole sort of you know, role change. Uh-huh. And it's one of the reasons that people are so confused, which is why... I was confused, which is why I went to work on this book. But here's the statistic that, like, will will capture the change. Working moms today spend more time with their children than non-working moms did a generation ago. Holy cow. Really? That family has become so much more important, and yeah. they're all so much more engaged. Yeah. You know, it's like they, it's a complete change. So if there are any working moms out there hearing this, you know, give yourself a break because everybody's struggling, but yeah. you really, your chances are you're, you're putting much more time in and trying to do the best job you can.
0: It really is true. Family has been prioritized to a completely different level and, you know, mutual effort and work, even though we're actually not reaching those levels, but the concept of a husband doing diapers and, I mean, the dad doing the diapers and being part of the dinner and part of the homework is, is, is a is a bigger today than is a bigger concept today than it's ever been.
2: And and, and by the way, you know, no one studied. Uh, uh, I, I, no one studied what dads do. Here we are, three men talking about parenting. Right. No one. No. No one just, just studied this until about you know, 15, 20 years ago. It just they only studied moms. And exactly. that's One of the reasons that so here's a, here's a great example. Okay, this is one of my this is my favorite sort of fun fact of late. <laughs> Who is more important for language development in children, moms or dads? Uh,
0: language development. Uh, you, you, I would just assume mom because she's yeah. cu- talking. The answer
2: is, the, the answer is dad. Yeah. And the reason is surprising, right? So, moms, we know that moms spend more time with children. I mean, mm-hmm. dads are more involved, but moms still spend more time with kids. Right. As a result, moms actually know all the words that the children know. And they use the words that the kids that they know. know. Oh, dads
0: bring in foreign words.
2: Bingo! Dads don't know the vocabulary, (laughs) therefore they use new words. Therefore, they're stimulating more vocabulary growth.
0: See, it's pitifully amazing. Uh, It's like it's like we don't know their language, so we speak ours, and then that lifts the game.
2: It it helps them. That's the point. That's it. I mean, the thing. Look, when your kids are young, you want to speak. You want to speak. I realize we should probably take a step back here and set the table here, but (laughs) you want to speak when your kids in baby voice, happy talk, all that kind of stuff. That's how kids learn. But when they get older. You don't want to speak their language. You want to speak more like yourself. A kid mm. between first and twelfth grade has to learn three thousand new words a year.
0: Oh man!
2: So, so here's a, a, a simple thing you can do. Do you want to have a happier family tonight? Go home, vow to teach your kids one new word at dinner. One new word every day. I love that. It can be something from your work, and you know, a newspaper back. Remember those things? That you yeah, remember, things remember those they one paper things?
0: It made your fingers
2: dirty. A catalog, like a J Crew catalog, <laughs> has enough. Strange colors to be a new word of, you know, a That's new right. word of day for a
0: month. That's so true. You know what's funny about you, Bruce, is it's all this research. I, I looked through, and everybody, you got to go to his website, brucefiler.com. Filer is F E I L E R, brucefiler.com. But how many books have you written? 13, 14? Yeah,
2: something like that. You know, but, it depends on how you want to come But
0: you know right? what? But, yes. but every one of them, they're, they're, it's eclectic. It's from the Bible to families. To you know your experience uh, with cancer, you've you, you've pretty much written ab- about your life, I guess. Your every one of your journeys.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I sort of uh, someone uh, someone asked me this yesterday actually because I have a um, I have a, a new TV series actually coming out this fall in public broadcasting. Cool. Called, What's called it called? It's called Sacred Journeys with Bruce Feiler, in which I went to six religious pilgrimages around the world last year.
0: Oh, neat. Uh, so it'll be wh-
2: wh- at Christmas time this year
0: on PBS stations. On public,
2: yeah, PBS public okay. broadcasting. Um, so anyway, so there was someone who interviewed me a long time ago, and for like one of my, I think it was Walking the Bible, and she said, "You know, where do you get these ideas?" And I said, "Well, the first thing I do is I just listen." Yeah. Right? So that's where Walking the Bible came out of the fact that I, you know, I was I had read the Bible when as I, I was a kid growing up in Savannah, Georgia, but I hadn't read it in a long time. Which meant I hadn't really read it. Yeah, right. I, I you hadn't read it myself. as an adult. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you know, with kids, we simplify it, and it's the same thing I just was saying about the moms and dads. Like we we tell our kids black and white stories, but the gray is much more interesting. Mm-hmm. So, is it true? Are these real places? And so, I spent a year. I climbed Mount Ararat, looking for Noah's Ark. I crossed the Red Sea. I, you know, cl- um, uh, cl- I tasted manna. I did all these things, wow. and I wrote this book called Walking the Bible. Been a year been a year and a half on the New York Times bestseller list. And um, it, it, it sort of it exemplifies how I like to work, which is what's going on around me. And, you know, people have faith, but they have doubt. And that's sort of interesting. It's a much more interesting way of talking about religion. That's right. to Engage yeah. the questions that we have. And so that's kind of where I was as a parent, which is, okay, the way my parents did it, that may have worked then. <laughs> yeah. But, because you said, they smoked in front of us and drank yeah. when we were pregnant. Do you remember that? But didn't put bike helmets on us, and all this kind of—it's <laughs>
0: like stuff. they didn't care, Bruce. It's like they didn't care. Well, they just I know. didn't I mean, know, that did they? Be nice
2: to your mom, but, I Because you know, she's such a lovely person. <laughs> but anyway, the—but today I was clueless. We were—we were confused. We have two working parents here, where I'm—we're both involved in parenting. We both have lives. Our parents, our kids are dealing with things like technology and and all sorts of issues that are different and. I think you know we've had a you know we've had a hundred years since Freud. All the psychologists <laughs> they've had their say, and yeah. it's not really helping. It's not I'm working. looking for new ideas.
0: Well, you so that was it. You couldn't just go to self help. So you kind of went. You just went listening to some of the untraditional resources, but that are still influencers in our lives.
2: Well, I'll give you an example. Like, right? so I, I talk a lot. I travel around a lot, and I talk about families, and you know, and then there, I give a little talk, and then there's a Q and I, I would say. The hundred talks I've given about families in the last couple of years within the first three questions there's always a question about sibling rivalry. Hmm. Um, I got identical twins who were not yeah. you think you don't think I know from rivalry <laughs> so but the when Dr. Spock was around in the 50s there wasn't we didn't study conflict resolution. No. Okay? This is a whole field that popped up in the 70s with these guys at Harvard who started the Harvard Negotiation Project. Yeah. I mean, they help people with you know, the, the Northern Irish and Irish, they do nuclear test ban treaties, they do Israeli- Major
0: negotiation, yeah. Major peace resolution.
2: Right. I mean, not that all those work out so well, but the point right. is, they study it. And I went and took a three-day course. They have, they have, they have Executives pay $10,000, and they, they let me come and sit in. And we do, with our kids now, a sort of an abbreviated version of what I call the Harvard technique. They're fighting over something- Love it. By the way- all the research shows that kids fight over idiotic things.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, by the way, all the research shows pretty much all of us are fighting about. Well,
2: that's the, I mean, my point is. That's the, the smoke, eight right? Eight and a half times an hour, kids Kids between five and ten fight, okay? And my kids <laughs> fight over the, like, they fight over where they're going to sit at dinner, you know, who putting more toothpaste on the toothbrush, and <laughs> I go on. Like, like you cannot Quit believe. touching me. Like, right. We're, we're dealing with huge issues in our lives, and you're fighting over this? <laughs> so we do this harvest, we split them up. Okay, in negotiation speak, that's called uh, go to the balcony, okay. imagine the fight is happening on a stage, go to the balcony, look down on it, and see if you can get some perspective on it. Yeah. Then we say, come up with three alternatives to this idiotic thing you're fighting about. And if you give them five minutes, I guarantee you, they'll come up, they'll say for four minutes and 59 seconds, they'll say, my way, the only way, no, it's always her first, she <laughs> got away last time. They will. And then on the, the last second, they'll come up with, okay, fine, here's three alternatives, that's called dividing the pie before you expand the pie. Come up with alternatives and then bring it back together. And at that point, frankly, the air is out of the fight. There's usually in these six solutions or 12 solutions or however many on the table. Usually there's some overlap. They pick a solution, they go on. But the point is you're giving them the skills. You don't want to right. solve the problem yourself. You want no. to give them the skills to solve it themselves.
0: So you had to go to PON, Project on Negotiation, the big Harvard conflict resolution experts for world peace basically and yeah. then you brought it home and boom well, voila some of the that's gray area cleared up
2: you know um well it's not cleared up but it's sort of saying you know what i'm not alone that's right, yeah i don't have to have all the experts and i'm willing to try new things i mean to me love it part of it is just willing if this doesn't work i said this to my wife this weekend we were you know discussing which is a <laughs> feuding about some issue and i'm like we don't have to do it the same way over and over again. We are capable of saying the way we're doing it now is different. Oh. It's not working, and we can change.
0: Oh, man. Do a family meeting and talk about it. Boom. Bruce, let's take a break. Uh, we're talking again with Bruce Feiler, the author of uh, what, I mean a, a variety of New York Times bestsellers, but The Secrets of, a ha- of Happy Families. It's, it's a book you've got to check out, folks. Go to his website, BruceFeiler, dot com. We're going to come back and learn more. Of these techniques, and especially, I want to get into agile families. Uh, it's a pretty little, uh, interesting little idea he's got for us. We'll be more back with more from Bruce Feiler.
3: Here's a story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All of them had hair of gold. Like their mother, the youngest
0: one in curl. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Little Brady Bunch for you. By the way, uh, not only good-looking group, paired fairly, you know, equally, but they have great voices. That's what made the. That's the key to happiness: is to have a family that fits nicely into uh, a bunch of boxes, and then sing a song about it. Anyway, on the show today, Bruce Feiler is joining us. Bruce is um, just really, I think, an incredibly interesting human being, but educational. He's informative. He's helping us uh, as as a New York Times columnist. Uh, he's also the author of six consecutive New York Times bestsellers. The one we're talking about today is The Secrets of Happy Families, which is a playbook for families. And he's gone out and, you know, acquired the, some of the best practices for modern day parenting from some pretty um, untraditional places. Uh, for example, going to Harvard's Project on Negotiation to, to go home and teach his children some conflict resolution skills. Bruce Feiler, welcome back to The Matt Townsend Show.
2: Thank you very much and let me just pivot off of what you just heard to say the other big change about families is what it you know besides the women working and men parenting is the definition of a family. I mean that's the, right. why was the Brady Bunch so so uh, you know did it resonate so much was because the idea of a blended family is very yeah. new and that's that's a completely new idea. And they were uh, making it work, changed. right?
0: Yeah. yeah. It's powerful. And I think that's it, too, because family is being redefined with so many different versions, and there need to be some role models, some examples, and I think some tools as well. Um, Talk about agile. You mentioned the word agile in your book.
2: Well, agile, um, it really addresses, I think, that one of... The, the sort of core issues right and i think that let's just keep with the brady bunch for a second you know we're so busy right i mean yeah. time is of such an essence our lives are chaotic and i think that one of the as a parent i sort of thought oh here's what i'm going to do i'm going to make a few rules <laughs> and we're going to stick to them well guess what that doesn't last
0: right long, things right? change right schedules you know, there's change a kind
2: of, there's a great line you know one of my favorite lines from parenting comes from my friend justin who at one point had four kids under six, and he said, with, 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 um, with kids, everything is a phase, even the good parts. <laughs> and, the, and, and the point is, you know, just when they're out of diapers, you're dealing with you know, potty training, and just when they're out of potty training, you're dealing with feeding. And just when you're out yeah. feeding, you're at school, and then you're at homework, and then you're at sports, and then you're at Facebook, and then you're at cell phones. and And, and there's a line in the internet world, which I think is so relevant to modern families, which is... Uh, if if you're doing the same thing today that you did six months ago, you're doing the wrong thing. You've got not working. to respond. Right. But if you change every single day, you'll just go crazy. It's not doable. So you need some system that has both flexibility and structure. That's where this agile idea is so incredibly powerful. So the backstory of agile is the people used to design. It came out of the software world, of all unexpected huh. things to help families. It used to be that everything was done with what they called the waterfall method, right? Which is to say, an executive would say, "I need a piece of software that does this." Yeah. And and people, were, okay, it's a bunch of you know lower level people in their twenties would go off and design this piece of software. They'd bring it back a year and a half later. And 83% of projects were late, over budget, and just irrelevant because circumstances had changed. <laughs> so a bunch of people decided to change how this was done and say, you know what, let's make it more adaptable in real time. Let's let's meet every day, actually, to talk about how we're doing. Let's have a weekly meeting to review it. And then let's do what they call the, the kind of geeky term for it is information radio. It's a large board where everybody knows what everybody else is doing. So we're all talking. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I, I went... You know, look at a lot of these families doing this. And so, you know, what's the two most typical time in families are the hour after everybody wakes up and the hour before everybody goes to bed. Yeah. Okay. Those are like the two nuclear winter. The
0: witching okay? hour. That's right.
2: Okay. And everybody knows that that's incredibly chaotic. So I went to this family in Idaho and they were doing this agile thing and they had a board. Everybody had a list of what the kids had to do. So the mom gets up, makes herself a cup of coffee, sits downstairs. And one after the other, the kids come down, check this list make themselves a breakfast, check the list again, put their dishes in the dishwasher. Wow. Uh, check the list again, do their chores, whether it was like putting the laundry in, making their lunch, whatever. Check the list again, gather their belongings, and then go to the bus stop. It was the most astonishing family dynamic I had ever seen. <laughs> Did, and when so, I said, look, this ain't never going to work in my family, I'm going to scream at my kids. That's right. Out of the house. What you when do
0: they about? yell? When do they scream?
2: They said, well, that's what we thought, and we're wrong. And I was like, well, why? And they said, well, because adults love to make this check mark that uh, says that they've done something. And for kids, it's heaven. I mean,
0: Interesting.
2: The, the, the week we did this in our family, when our kids were about five, it cut down parental screaming in half. Wow. So if, I, if, I, if I was on this show long enough, you'd say, what's a happy family? And I'd say, you know what? You can have your own definition, but reduced parental screaming is pretty high <laughs> on my list. That's
0: pretty good, isn't it?
2: But the best thing, I have to say, but the best thing, just to sort of keep with this for a second, is this idea of a meeting. Now, we do this now. We've been doing it for like six years. Every Sunday night, we have a 20-minute meeting. We ask three questions. I'm almost, this yeah. is what the agile world does. I'm almost prepared to say write it down. It'll help you. What are three the Three questions are, number one. What went well in our family this week? That's cool. So everybody goes around. Oh, this week we did our math thing. Or this week, you know, mom had a business trip and we all handled it very well. Or this week we we managed to, to, you know, to get out the door on time. Then we say, what didn't work well? Mm -hmm. Ah, greeting visitors at the door, respecting your elders. Um, There was a mom uh, on my family meeting this week, mom nagging was was one of the things that my kids said. And then we focus two. We, we pick two items, and then we focus on that. And we say, okay, these are the two things we're going to work on this week. And the key is we have our kids involved. And is this something we're going to give a reward for? Like, if you greet five visitors at the door, my kids are shy, so this is sort of an issue, right? Greet five visitors at the door, you get five extra meaning five extra minutes of reading time. I love it. Or. You know, you scream, yeah. you know, you, you punch your sister, uh, you know, twice, then you're going to um, have to do 10 extra minutes of you know, chores or, we, or, you know, you've got to put the toilet paper out this week or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. You engage your kid. If you, you know, I mentioned at the top of our conversation, people are probably just tuning in, but I mentioned at the top, I was talking to this person about Family Weekend. Why is Family Weekend a big deal in college? Because the kids get to college and they can't make their beds or do their laundry or do <laughs> their right. shopping or complain to a teacher. they got to call mom and dad to do it. That's right. you got to practice these things when your kids are young. You can't just sort of say, here, you're 18, go be independent. You need to involve them when they're younger and, frankly, when the stakes are a lot lower.
0: Well, this is, this is just a learning process. You're just teaching, I guess, part, uh, agility is learning. Learning the, to the adapt, learning part, to what works, learning what we need to work on.
2: The agility is partly just saying every week we're going to do this I love and if it. it doesn't work we're going to try something else so it's about being adaptable look in my book as you know yeah you know, I, I sort of say there's like three there are three things that happy you know high-functioning families have have in common I'm I'm not wagging my finger and say you must do this <laughs> I'm saying these are patterns that kept appearing and the first one is they adapt all the time yeah. so rather than just insisting we always do it the same way you realize you know what my kid has a travel soccer game this week, or another child has a big play, or someone that happened last week, one of my kids is home for three days. you got to change. Um, and, but if you changed every day, you'll explode. Yeah. So the deal is when you are fighting over the, getting the broccoli down or you're trying to get it, the, the, you know, the mittens on before the first snowfall, rather than sort of exploding then and sort of saying, stop, you say, you know what, we're not going to have to fight now this weekend we're going to get together and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it because we are are people, we're living together, we've got to get along better.
0: Love it. So that's adapt all of the times, number one. What's number two?
2: So high-functioning families do three things. Number one, they adapt all the time. Number two, they talk a lot. They have difficult conversations, for sure, we were talking about them before, but even more, they talk about what it means to be part of the family. Okay, so a great way to do this I talked to the Coveys, right? You know, yeah, yeah, when we know, Stephen. Brought first to people and then to families this idea of making a family mission statement. And I talked to his son about this whole process, and they sort of he sort of coached me through, because I was sort of updating it, because when, when, when Dr. Covey, the elder, when he was doing it... It
0: was a different, different
2: age. kind of situation. So yeah. I was sort of updating it to today's time, yeah. and I have all these techniques in my book about sort of... You know, getting your kids together, having a pajama party, or whatever it is, asking questions. You know, what what do you like about our family? What do you miss when you're gone? When mm-hmm. your friends come over, what what do they like? So you know, and we did this. If my wife were here right now, I would say, and all the things that we did tried when we were working on the secrets of happy families, she would say this making a family mission statement was one of the best things we did. And the re- all positive psychology again, a new field. Ten years old, right? Positive psychology has shown if you want to achieve something, right? So if you want to, you gotta, you gotta identify it. That's and right. A goal. Yeah. You want to run a marathon? You got to plan. You want to bake a better cake? You got to have a plan or a recipe. You want to open a bookstore? You gotta, you gotta have a business plan. This is sort of the plan for our family. You, you ain't gonna always follow it, but the point is by identifying your sort of best possible self, it's out there as a reminder of this is what's important and this is what we're working toward.
0: I love it. You know, it's funny, uh, Bruce. I worked with the Coveys on their book, Seven Habits of Families. Oh, really? Yeah. but it, So I worked there for nine years. But what's powerful is you're also bringing in all of this research that didn't exist back then when they wrote that. And now there's this more cutting-edge research. we we got to take a break, but I want to come back and have you give us the third point, And then um, just keep teaching us. I'm loving it. Bruce Filer's is his name. you got to go to his website, Bruce Feiler, F-E-I-L-E-R.com. Again, uh, you know, Sunday New York Times um, column, This Life, and also the author of the book, The Secrets of Happy Families. We'll take a break and continue The Secrets of Happy Families when we come back right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Well, welcome back, everybody. That is the opening to the uh, television show, The Modern Family. That's the opening theme. And who better to uh, to bring on than our guest, Bruce? Uh, is Bruce Feiler is joining us? Bruce is a columnist um, with the Sunday New York Times and uh, and an author. Of six consecutive New York Times bestsellers, the one we're talking about today, The Secrets of Happy Families, is a bold playbook for families today. And what he's done is he's gone out and found some untraditional places and maybe untraditional people to give him some ideas, some advice um, that, that we're using today. By the way, one of the people that, uh, that was part of this book were the creators of Modern Family. Is that right, Bruce?
2: I went to the set actually, which was such a tickle to go um, out there. You talk about—I mean, let's, think, let's just go back to—we got the part. We started with the Partridge Family, yeah. right? For those of us who've been with us for this marathon in the last forty minutes. <laughs> then we went to the Brady, Brady Bunch, bunch. Blended family, totally different family, right? Yep. We've gone from the sixties to the seventies, if I have my numbers right, right? And then now we're talking modern about family. Modern Family, okay? So just think about that. So you've got global, right? We, so you've got you know Granddad with the new. You know, bombshell. Yeah, international, international bombshell. Wife. Okay, so you got gay. You got a gay. gay, gay couple. couple. now having their own children. Yep. you got a sort of traditional couple with you know, but with a dad, uh, Phil Dumpy, much more involved, <laughs> who shoots his son with a BB gun. That's right. Yeah. Um, because he's trying to be strict. <laughs> um, you know, so you've got technology is a huge That's right. of that show and, and kids um, that seem
0: more adult than they you know used to in the seventies.
2: Well, one of the things that I was so fascinated to learn when I spent the day with the cast and, uh, and the creators uh, out in Hollywood was that in sitcoms, you know, the, the, nobody changes, right? <laughs> so the, the whole point is you like,
0: you, you need them to stay you know the time,
2: same, but you don't change you sort of make little micro changes. And to me, that is such a great uh, lesson for families. So, yeah. so yeah. we got this, This is, I mean, you're getting some real-time stuff here. So this is cool. really what came out of our family meeting um, uh, this week with my family. This is a crazy busy week in our family's life. We had a child sick last week. Kids have just started middle school. My wife, Linda Rotenberg, has literally today... Is pub date for her new book called cool. "Crazy Is a Compliment." I'm putting my wife's.
0: <laughs> That's great. Sure. "Crazy Is a Compliment" by she Linda Rotenbergers
2: around the world, and she's gotten this book about how we all, you know, we all need to think and act more entrepreneurial yeah. to like reinvent ourselves. It's itself probably headed for the New York Times bestseller this list this week. It's been an amazing uh, week in our lives. And so we said, you know what, guess what? Mom is going to be on national television every morning. Good Morning America tomorrow, uh, CNBC, The Day After. So like Dad's doing it. So we need to have like a team book tour that's going to get us through because dad's going to be doing two parents' jobs in the morning <laughs> for the rest of the week.
0: That's great. And
2: I said I wanted our motto this week to be small wins. Because again, what does the research show? You've got a family. You don't need to change everything. That is not the way to improve no. your organization, to scrap, whether it's your family, your church, your, your radio station, your business, whatever. Don't scrap everything and start over. Aim for small wins. Okay, your, your complaint is that mom nagging, so let's just say mom nags 30 times a day. Let's make our goal this week for mom to nag 29 times.
0: Yeah, there we go. That's victory. Okay,
2: you, you're saying you're having a hard time getting up. We're getting out the door 10 minutes late every day. Let's try to make it nine minutes tomorrow. It's you move yourself in the right direction, set small wins. So my kid came home from school today and said the homework, and I was like, Oh yeah, so we, you know, yesterday we you 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 ran out of time to study, you had to get up early in the morning, and she's like, Oh, small victories. So here's my little nine year old <laughs> preaching <laughs> now
0: preaching she's good, yeah.
2: That's what awesome. actually came out of the business world. I mean that's one of the things yeah. that the Covey showed. You can take good ideas from anywhere that's right. and help your family.
0: That's I mean. What's so funny is we and and I like that it's not it's it's cross it's uh, what's it's cross um, specialties. So all these ideas you're bringing aren't just from human development field. They're from every field.
2: Well, sports. There's a lot of. I went to talk to the guys about sports. A lot of families deal this. You know, deal, deal with deal with issues with parents too crazy. You know, involved in their kids' sports. Kids having confidence. There's a lot of stuff. I went to see the head of the positive coaching. which is trying to flip sports so it's a more positive experience for kids and and families, not uh, dad trying to relive his (laughs) faded glory and feeling too much pressure, right? So they have this technique. uh, One of their pieces of advice they gave me that's in the Secrets of Happy Families is no PGA, like no post-game analysis, okay? You may watch a lot of ESPN, but you (laughs) are not an analyst. When your kid gets in the car... Sports are about two things. It's about learning the skills, and it's about character. Let the coaches do the character. Excuse me, let the coaches do the skills, and you do the character. I love that. So let's just say your child makes a horrible mistake, misses the foul shot that will win the basketball game, misses the goal you know, that's <laughs> wide open, yeah. just, uh, drops the touchdown pass, whatever it might be. Okay. You can jump on your kid. You got to practice. You know you stink, or you know you buckled under the pressure. You you could say a bunch of things that will be damaging to your kid. Or this is what the guy tipped me, gave me this tip, which I love, which is say, you know what, Junior, Bobby, Susie, whatever, you're the kind of child who use that sentence. Use them, write that. that down. You're, you're the, the kind, kind of child, child who... who you're the kind of child who drops the pass this week, goes out and works really hard, and catches it next time. And, t- and your kid may say, really? That's me? <laughs> <You>
0: <laughs> I don't think, think so, Dad. I think you got the wrong kid.
2: But, but, but the point is, you're creating a narrative in your kid of resilience,
0: of hardiness,
2: hmm. of bouncing back. That's a really great skill to have. Well, and
0: that's how you're teaching character. You're, you're correcting the character. Today, we, you know, we may have made a mistake for whatever reason, but you're the kind of kid who will change it with your character tomorrow.
2: And look, we're going to run out of time here, so I'm going to give you my favorite tip of all, yeah, yeah. which is to tell your family history. Kids who know more about their family history, higher belief that they can control the world, greater sense of identities, has proved at Emory University, the number one predictor of a child's well-being. So not only can wow. you say you're the one who drops a pass and comes back, or you're the one who gets a C on a test and next time gets a B, you can say your grandfather did the same thing, because your grandfather worked really hard and became vice president of the bank, but then had his house burned down. And he didn't cry and complain. He went back to work and he rebuilt that house. Or your aunt who was a great teacher in the school and then she got cancer and she had to take a couple of years off to fight breast cancer. But then she came back by telling stories of their own family history and their resilience. You're teaching them that that's part of what it means to be.
0: A oh, I love that. Well, and, and that is so now you're tying them to not just their own character today, but to this kind of intergenerational family character. That's powerful. You
2: know, look, we're talking on BYU radio. Why? You know, you're talking to the guy who wrote Walking the Bible and yeah. the TV show about it. Why do religions endure? Because what is the religious stories, the, the kind of scriptural stories, more than stories of highs and lows, right? That's right, you, know? right, that's right. you know, Abraham leaves his family's house. Have, Moses leads the people out into the wilderness. It's about... You know, when you're comfortable, that's when you don't grow. It's when it's painful and difficult, and you're out in the desert. That's when the growth comes. Oh, I love it,
0: man. Bruce, seriously, and we haven't even touched on. I'm dying to. We're going to have to have you back because I want to talk about the Council of Dad stuff. Uh, you, you're just phenomenal. And anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to give it away. But you, you, you had cancer. You you suffered about right and. Y- you wanted... I reached
2: out to close friends, and I said, I can't get through this without you. And I formed this council of dads for my young kids, for them to teach lessons to my children.
0: Mm. And you learned. See, that's the thing about you, though, Bruce, is you're learning. How did you get this insatiable need to just keep learning?
2: You know what? The best description I ever heard of me, Isaac Asimov made of himself. And he said, you know, I'm an explainaholic. <laughs> so I, I like to go out and learn and then come back and share what I learned with others so they don't, you know, they may not have the time but I'm trying to bring them bring them ideas that can, you know, make their lives better and bring them closer to the people around them. I love it.
0: Well, we love having you on. We've got a few more minutes. Talk about, um, if you would, so did you get the third point? You were talking about the three points. Oh, right.
2: The three, the three things that, that, that see, the secrets of happy families. One, adapt all the time. Yep. Two, talk a, a lot. lot. And not just difficult conversations. Talk about what it means to be part of your family. And the third sounds like the easiest, but it's actually the hardest to do. Go out and play. You hmm. know, the, the, the one thing that I've taken from all my research into families is you want to spend less time worrying about what you do wrong and more time focusing on what you do right. If you, you know, you're going to have struggles. There's going to be conflict. You're going to be struggling over curfew or getting your kids out the door or doing their homework or potty training or, you know, experimenting with whatever they're going to experiment with when they're teenagers right if you find a family member make a positive memory when you are pushing your kids you're doing it from a position of strength i have to say this of all the things i learned when i'm frustrated boy do i get frustrated and sometimes raise my voice and sometimes just believe oh my god I wrote The Secrets of Happy Families, and we've learned nothing! Um, uh, when I do that, I'm like, you know what? Let's make time. Let's have family game night. Let's take a walk. Let's go out for ice cream. Let's do something that can remind us of why we like being together, and that will make the struggles that much easier.
0: Oh, that's powerful. That is the powerful—that's the positive psychology, isn't it? That's the— Yeah, the
2: positive psychology is remember the gratitude. Remember—the why the research shows why do kids fight so much and why do parents fight so much. They take, they take each other for granted. Mm-hmm. So they just know they're going to be there. That's why you know you, you, that's why it just sort of continues and lingers, and we don't make the positive right. experience. If you if you you know close the circle, that will make the circle that much stronger.
0: Powerful, powerful. Well, we appreciate you. Um, if you had to give us one word, what what would you say overall? Just from what you've learned and and what these twins have brought you, um, what would you say is the one thing we should walk away when it comes to a happy family? What's the one thing? That makes the big difference. Try. Just keep That's trying. True. We just don't keep do doing it. it.
2: We know we have to work on our jobs to get better. We know we have to work on our bodies. We know that we yeah. work on our tennis game or our, our baking. We know we even have to work on our relationships. We forget to work on our families. We think they're just supposed to be. We put them at the end of the line. Yeah. What's the secret to a happy family? Make the commitment to try to make your family happier. The secret is to try.
0: Try. Just keep trying. And keep learning and trying and learning and trying. Well done. Well Bruce, uh, I so appreciate you. It's seriously insightful and um, I've got to have you back to just keep picking your brain. You got this big brain that we just want we want to play with. Um, we need more of to your... come
2: back. Thank you guys so much.
0: Thank you. And again, everybody go check out his website brucefiler.com, f e i l e r.com, bruce filer and go check out that new book, The Secrets of Happy Families. Improve your mornings, rethink family dinner, fight smarter, go out and play and much much more. We're going to take a break. More on uh, how to create a happier, healthier family up next right here on the Matt Townsend Show. They're
1: creepy and they're
3: spooky. Mysterious and spooky. They're all together spooky. The family. The house is a
1: museum. When people come to see them,
0: they really are as we the Adam family. <laughs> Welcome back everybody to the Matt Townsend Show. Second hour of the show. The Adams family, by the way, a very happy family. Very happy family. But you would too if you just, you know, put the weirdos away and just Hit everybody. They were extremely happy. Very happy. In that's, their own creepy way. Well, that's the goal of today's show is to teach you how to have a happy family. There are some secrets. In your own creepy way. In your own creepy way. <laughs> Bruce Feiler was just with us. Um, awesome, awesome guest. Big, you know, big time thinker. I, you know, it's fun to to talk to people that think a lot. <laughs> I don't know why I looked at you that way. I don't know. That just felt weird. Yeah. Um,
1: People don't think I think.
0: No, you think. Your wife doesn't I think may you think. I think, think I think. Because what but... you said shows you didn't think. But we fixed that. Oh, I think all the time. Do you want to go over that comment one more time? <laughs> Do you want to just fix it right now? Because maybe that's no? one of the keys to happy relationships is if you just think before you speak. Well, that helps. On, on the radio. <laughs> I mean, yesterday on the show, you brought up something – and then you went. No, home. you brought something. I up. brought it up, but you said it. And then your wife got mad. And then um, James brought something up also that was about a gift he bought his girlfriend, and it made her very happy. Yeah, it went over really well. Went over really well. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. My my family enjoyed the comment as we discussed it around the dinner table last night. But your
0: wife is not talking to you. <laughs> she talks. So maybe let's the maybe just
1: although the words the couch let me keep just coming out yeah, of her she mouth. talks very
0: loudly she did say yeah she did say that you can stay on the couch um, here's what we're going to talk about though because I've got ten commandments for happy relationships
1: oh and I, I hear uh, angelic music in the background actually
0: mm-hmm. I, oh, I, thought, I thought I did ten commandments for happy relationships <laughs> ended very abrupt right there <laughs> abruptly ended right. There. Okay, Here's the. here we go. By the way, these come from one of my favorite blogs to follow, which are Mark and Angel Hack Life. That sounds weird. <laughs> hack Life. But Mark are you and sure it's Angel. not a life hack? No, it's okay. Hack Life. Uh, they're hacking life. And um, But here's what's cool. Uh, Mark and Angel put together 10 commandments for happy relationships. Okay. Really go Check them out. It's pretty good. Here we go. Uh, commandment number one. We will remember that every person... And relationship is different. Yeah. Happy relationships shouldn't be comparing themselves to each other.
1: No, I totally agree with that. Your
0: relationship with your wife is different than your relationship with your daughters.
1: Yes, very much so.
0: And so when you say something rude to mom, it doesn't necessarily mean you said something rude to the daughters. But
1: even in that case, my relationship with my wife is much different than the relationship that my next door neighbor has with his wife.
0: That's right. That's right. And so we shouldn't compare. So if the Joneses right. have something going on, we're not going to compare relationships. Right. Every relationship is different, which is why when our kids say, that's not fair, you always treat so-and-so this way, we're just going to know that all of our relationships are different. Exactly. Here's another one. Commandment number two, we will listen to each other openly without judgment. Okay. Many times we, when we're talking to somebody that we love and we care about, we always come to these snap judgments. Oh, yes. I've and, done that. And once you've done that, like, oh, Yeah. I know how he thinks. Mm-hmm. We know what he wants. It's he's one thing. <laughs> it's not true. There's more things than one that we want. We want two things, three things. We want food. We want a lot of stuff. But the minute you have this snap judgment, you don't need to listen anymore. But The problem without listening is you're not going to gather data, and without data, we're not going to change anything. Exactly. We need more information. Without data, Star Trek would have been nowhere. Yep. Back to the, you see, I'm trying to stay on task, and okay. you keep going back to like. Weird. Well, what's number three? Okay. Uh, Engage. But watch out for judge. I'm just surrounded, not to judge you all, by a bunch of geeks. I I just need a non-geek.
1: Okay, number three. I'm trying to get you on track here. Number three. Is that like number two? No. Okay. <laughs> that was
0: yours. I know. But <laughs> that one's on I'm you. Just trying to neither keep up seven
1: with you. nor nine. Oh,
0: god! Oh, yeah. Hey, looking for some new co-hosts uh, <laughs> on the show. 1-800 – no, 1-866-CHAT-BYU. Give us a Eight call. 855. chat byu if you're looking for a job. <laughs> we actually need a board <laughs> operator without a knife, and we're looking for an executive producer that isn't a geek. <laughs> Last show, everybody.
4: Last show. great!
0: Last show. Done. Good job, everybody. You nailed it. Good job. Good job. Hey, uh, rule number three, commandment number three, we will say what we mean and we will mean what we say. I like that one. We can't just infer, man, the garbage sure smells. I say that to my
1: kids. Yeah, why? Actually, no, I, don't, I don't say that. I say I, I will call one of my kids by name and say, hey, the trash needs to go out. Please do it.
0: So that's very direct. You just said what you meant. Yes. We need to say what we mean. And we need to mean what we say. So don't be saying something if you don't mean it, -hmm. right? Uh, Commandment number four, we will support each other through good times and bad. That bad is the important part there. Most of us don't think it. We like bad is hypothetical.
1: Well, and and also sometimes people get a a euphoric dream of what marriage should be like. Yeah, yeah. And it's not
0: like that. I like to always say through good times and bad, through uh, in sickness and in health. And then I like to add... In thick and thin. Through thick and thin. hmm Well, it's like the postman. You always have to deliver. Through thick and thin. Through
1: rain through and snow and, and sleet yeah. and hail. So your marriage- Not just sunshine and, well, and, I think that's and warm a great, temperatures.
0: So your marriage is a lot like being a postal worker. Well, it can be, as there's long as you don't go postal. Sometimes there's the stray dog that's trying to you know take yeah. a bite. hmm And sometimes you just got to you know slush through it. Uh, here we go. Uh, rule number four. Oh, no. Rule number five, we will be loyal. Very good one. Have each other's back. In a family, you got to have each other's back. Uh, Number six, we will live by truth. Inner peace is being able to rest at night knowing you haven't used or taken advantage of anyone to get where you are in life. That's nice. This is Mark. Uh, Remember, this is MarkAndAngel.com. MarkAndAngel.com. It's a great blog. Um, By the way, lies run sprints, but the truth... Runs marathons. Okay. We want to be a marathon. So a lie won't last because exactly. just a quick shot. The marathon's going to last. Uh, commandment number seven we will spend quality time with each other. Quality time, meaning not just time, we want it to be of high quality. That's a big deal. So you got to carve out some so, special time. Yeah. Date nights. Date nights, at least once a week. Mm-hmm. And then family night. I think you ought to have a family night. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, just because you're sitting watching your children or picking them up after a game, that's not necessarily quality time. No. But you could turn it into quality time. I think you can probably take any time and make it quality. Uh, commandment number eight from Mark and Angel.com, We will appreciate each other and help each other grow. Yeah. Which means sometimes I'm going to give you some feedback.
1: And you should, be, you should also be able to accept any yeah. feedback that you get.
0: I'm going to cheer for your victories. I'm going to celebrate your accomplishments and encourage your goals and ambitions. That, uh, the word courage comes from the Latin word core, mm-hmm. which means heart. So to encourage somebody means you have to have the courage to get in their heart, and you should cheer for them. Number nine, we will settle disputes peacefully. Okay. Now, that's interesting because a lot of people think avoiding disputes helps us settle them. Well, Avoidance I, does not equal settling. No,
1: I do it peacefully. I, I, I peacefully stay
0: silent. <laughs> yeah, but that's, what we, that's just peaceful dysfunction. You have to talk. But, but I'm peaceful. So what I always say is you might need to talk more and then your spouse may need to talk less, but we're going to talk. And we also have to make sure we're not getting hijacked emotionally every time somebody brings something up. We have to settle these things. By the way, if you're not very good at settling a dispute, you've got to go learn how to settle disputes. Eventually, it's not going
1: to. What did Bruce Feiler use? He used the, the Harvard people?
0: Yeah. He used a Project on Negotiation. That was $10,000. But if you got it, <laughs> I'd go there. If you have the research, go for three days. If you don't, just go to matttownsend.com. <laughs> I got tons of stuff there. Hey, last but not least, number 10, the 10th commandment. This is a different commandment. These are different than yes, you know, than the 10, the 10 commandments. But Mark an Angel, I mean one of them's an angel. Uh, we will love and respect ourselves as individuals too. Ah. So our first and last love is self-love, meaning don't rely on your significant other or anyone else for you to make your, to be happy. Yes. You have to learn to have your own happiness. I'd even say maybe you could also love God. It would help. So a love and respect for God may also help with that as well. Mm -hmm. So anyway, appreciate uh, Mark and Angel.com. Those are good. Great Ten Commandments for happy relationships. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, guess who's in the house? Guess who's in the house? The the child whisperer, Julie Nelson, is going to be joining us. She's going to teach us as parents— You know, what we should keep secret and what we shouldn't. Maybe that's one of the reasons why our kids think we're liars. Julie Kay Nelson up next right here on the Matt Townsend Show after this break. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Does this theme sound familiar? Cosby, they're just shaking it every year. They they get another version of this same theme. Cosby's are a happy family. Now I don't know if they're a real family. Pretty to sure many not.
4: people they were. <laughs>
0: yeah, they were
4: kind of like they you were know, my family, like the Brady Bunch. They mm-hmm. were real.
0: Yeah, my my family and like the Huxtables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not the Cosby. Uh, the Huxtables um, were a real family. I know they are. I, I could tell. That was my family. I wasn't. I didn't relate to the Brady Bunch, because I wasn't you know born a Brady, mm-hmm. or a Bunch. But I did relate to Chips.
4: I related to the Partridge Family because I was musical and wanted to be on a bus all the time. Really? Go travel the world. Wow.
0: That explains a lot. Hey, in the house, Julie K. Nelson. She's the one that wants to travel on a bus. We call her the bomb mom, the child whisperer. She's a wife and mother of five children, author of Parenting with Spiritual Power, and a faculty member at UVU, Utah Valley University. Mm-hmm. Teaching, by the way, applied parenting, whatever, and marriage and relationship skills. Those are, by the way, critical to today's discussion. Absolutely. Hey, um, we wanted to bring something up with you, um, but I don't want to throw Sean under the bus. But Sean said something really rude to his wife yesterday. Sean, what was it? Come over here a minute. Let's just—
4: And you're going to have me say if it was right I'm or wrong? I'm going to have you tell okay, us here we go.
0: if it was right or wrong because— <laughs> Julie, I didn't say anything
1: rude. What did you say? Uh, you made an example of somebody, <laughs> and I
0: said, well, that sounds like my wife. Okay. Well, what was the example? Just I don't funny. remember. But it was rude. Just somebody, I guess, that wouldn't stop talking. Was that what it no, was? No,
1: it was something about crying or something. I don't know.
0: Anyway. Oh. Yeah.
4: She's so emotional. And then Sean said, that reminds me of my wife. Because
0: you're a professional, uh, an expert at communicating. So help us just translate this. If if she mentioned like that he could sleep on the couch or should maybe sleep on the couch, if he if she mentioned that. He
4: may or may not be sleeping on the couch tonight uh-huh, after yeah. that So comment, Is that what that means? Is that what that means? Uh-huh.
0: Like, can you translate like female?
4: That means, honey, you crossed the line. Mm hmm. And yeah. now you're not welcome here. Yeah, he's in trouble in my space for a while because I got to protect my space. Yeah, because you invaded. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Is that what you were getting, James? Yeah, that that's definitely what I was thinking yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Sean, take a lap. <laughs> Go start running around. <laughs> take a lap. Hey, um, Julie, here's what here's what we wanted to um, ask you. By the way, a spoonful of parenting.
4: Yeah. dot com.
0: dot com. Uh, Beautiful website.
4: Has a lot of articles I've written about various subjects. I think anything you'd want to find out is on there. Is on there. E- mm-hmm. Even, you know. Even.
0: About a spoonful of parenting.
4: <laughs> it's each, each little thing is a little spoonful. You know, just a little bit of information. Just that, a little dollop yeah. will do you. That's right. <laughs> With a cherry on top.
0: Hey, um, okay, here's the question. There, happened, there there's there's some really cool traditions in life. Uh, Around every holiday, for example, there's traditions that we have. There's things that we have. And, um, you know, uh, kids sometimes um, see the tradition differently than the parents do. And sometimes parents know things about the traditions that kids don't. Yeah. Um,
4: Being sensitive to any child listeners out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Being very sensitive to child listeners. And why? what I want to know is – because I worry that one of the secrets that might – I mean keeping a secret might be problematic. I don't actually worry about it. But if parents have secrets with from their kids that their kids don't know about, mm-hmm. could that eventually – what's that going to do? Are we going to mess our kids up?
4: Well, it depends. Uh, OK. Now your example of certain holiday – yeah people that yeah. come around and do certain things. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's Hypothetically, hypothetically speaking. Um, you know, that's it's a fun tradition that families might have. Sure. And if you want to carry that out, I know many a healthy family, including my own, that we have enjoyed doing those types of things. Ours,
0: we were happy mm-hmm. too.
4: And then we modified once the kids got a little older yeah. and they participated more in yeah. the gift-giving type yeah. things.
0: Yeah, surprise Su- secret Surprise,
4: stuff. they were part of that and that was kind of a rite of passage that was kind of fun for the whole family dynamic. So we
0: don't really need to worry that if that if we're keeping those traditions going, mm-hmm. that's not the kind of secret that's going to mess us up.
4: Right. Those are go. those are more like just family traditions yeah. that keep a cultural uh you know uh experience alive mm-hmm. because we you know we we enjoy those types of you know we like the yeah. people that come and bring Certain things under a person's pillow once they yes put a, yes mm-hmm. yes yeah that's fun. In fact, my kids would write notes, and we would have notes back and forth to the person that mm-hmm. was the beneficiary yeah. person, and they would write certain messages to them, and then that person would write them back. Oh,
0: that's a great. It was really fun. But you had a very um, attentive. Fairy,
4: (laughs) But also cheap, cheap one. Did you? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Ours
4: ours would write notes to ask for a a raise. mm. Uh
0: See, ours was kind (laughs) of (laughs) lazy. And and like uh, ours would need two or three or four nights. Reminders?
4: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And and ours never gave like the exact same amount. Uh Uh-huh. Like one night the thing would throw down a 20.
4: Oh, my goodness!
0: And the next night, the next time it'd be like four quarters.
4: Wow, I think
0: a lot of it was just I don't think he we didn't have an ATM near our house
4: hmm it was whatever the ferry happened yeah, to have, yeah, so at the and, time that yeah. were there carrying no smaller bills mm-hmm. couldn't break it up all right, see. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, so, so okay, so we've got that aside. So we don't need to worry about
4: no, those no. Those secrets. are family traditions that you carry out, and they will eventually evolve into other yeah. type ones. But the, the surprise of it, the fun, can be continued no matter what age. And yeah, yeah that's that's. But the there's problem. other secrets. Mm-hmm. I know
0: people that um, I know people that didn't know that their dad was arrested. Mm-hmm. And I'm not naming names, <laughs> but I know people that didn't know that uh, their grandpa had an addiction mm-hmm. or that there was an illegitimate kind of child mm-hmm. out of wedlock somewhere mm-hmm. and so talk about those secrets yeah. and 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 what that does to our family yeah
4: so i think um having secrets like that should be framed more in the in the framework of saying we withhold information until it's appropriate for the child yeah. for their age their maturity and the situation right um there are certain things that with a younger child I don't know that I want to share right away. Um, if a if a neighbor um, has some mental health issue and they attempt to suicide, I don't want to tell my young child that hey, you know, Joe Smo next door, yeah. you know, just shot his head. You know, yeah. I mean, those we, we, thing, we don't no. want to bring that out. No, no, those are type of things that you want to be sensitive to the age of the child to not worry them more than they should be. Yeah. Um, as well as the news, there's—I mean—the news these days is PG-13. Oh, yeah. I mean, with all of the, there's ter- a lot you know, of stuff. all the stuff that's going on out there, yeah. Uh, ISIS, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to show the beheadings to no. my kid. I'm—I'm I'm no. just not until they're old enough that I know they can handle it, and we can talk like adult-ish issues. So I—I I withhold information. I'll let them generally know that there's people out there they're doing types of things that you know, like ISIS. I might, in general terms, a child that's under 10, yeah. tell them generally, and also for mental health issues, I might. You know, withhold those types of information. You know, he has. I but I will definitely address mental health. Yeah. Know, because it's important that we address it, but not in the minute details yeah, of what's right. going on. They don't on. need to
0: know all the details. No, no. What happens when they're older and they're asking?
4: Then, yeah, definitely, as they start asking, and it's important. It's, I'm glad you brought that up. You take the child's lead yeah. because as they start asking for things, then you know they're mature enough to handle certain aspects of Yeah, or of at least it's
0: in their. It's in the realm of consciousness. And they're now probably they're...
4: hearing it from other people, right. and they want to come to you and ask. And so definitely but, – but again, just take give as much information as they are leading you mm-hmm. to give them um, um and so yeah mental health issues is one um divorce yeah. um we've had you know parents that my children you know they would be with them and their family and they would and we would be talking about that eventually those That couple is going to separate. Yeah, and instead of just saying nothing, all of a sudden dad's gone. Right um, from that house, you know, we need to bring up what's going on and be in general terms. And then, as they get to be teenagers and older teens, talk more specifics with them because they need to have information about what's going on in lives of people with you know their interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. even mental health, so that they can navigate the world oh, sure. with good armed Yeah, you don't
0: want to handicap them by them never understanding Yeah, living, this, reality. living in this
4: bubble mm-hmm. that they don't, oh my gosh, really? That was happening next door? Yeah. You know, I mean, you need yeah. at some point, they need to know what was happening so they can navigate the world um, armed with information it's that's so useful true. to them.
0: I, um, in, just in my profession, I have a lot of confidentiality stuff, stuff I know that no one knows. And it's healthy. It's mm-hmm. it's it's healthy that mm-hmm. I don't I mean, my kids will go over to a house and I know what's going on there mm-hmm. and it's just better that they don't know. Yeah. They just don't know. Or even as adults, I mean I know stuff that people don't know. And I think people deserve to be able to make a mistake mm-hmm. and have some things remain private. Yeah. And let them bring it out when they want to, how yeah. they want yeah. to. Yeah,
4: follow their lead again. Absolutely. Huge. Yeah, we need to protect people's privacy. Um, and only share things that they would want us to. Yeah, yeah. And there's some certain things that we would only, as an adult, keep that between the two of you. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, definitely those. There's withholding information rather than I wouldn't call it so much secrets. Yeah, right. Because we're respecting it's the privacy. Confidentiality, of mm-hmm. It's confidentiality. But again, age appropriateness. Right. Um so that the child is not burdened by too much traumatized oh. information or gruesome details yeah. of you know of what is going on. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Let's take a break. We're talking with Julie Nelson from a spoonfulofparenting.com. You really got to go check out her site. She's it's the bomb. She is the bomb mom and the child whisperer. We'll come back more from Julie Nelson right after this break right here on the Matt Townsend show.
3: Together for a million years And I bet we'll be together for a million more nice. Welcome back, everybody,
0: to the Matt Townsend Show. <laughs> this is The Family Ties. Do you remember this show? I watch show?
4: this every day. Oh, my gosh. Michael Jake Fox. Oh, yeah. Funny. Mallory, the older sister. Ugh.
0: <sighs> Doesn't that just bring, it just brings back like memories. This was, I hated this show because this meant homework time. I had to do my homework. (laughs) Isn't that sad? Oh, but Justine Uh, Bateman. Justine, I think was one of my first girlfriends.
4: Yeah. A.K.A. Mallory. Yeah. Was her name Mallory? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She and her brother, they, oh, they were so funny together.
0: Now I got to go do my homework. Mm. Enough of the radio show. <laughs> uh Julie Nelson's joining us from a spoonfulofparenting.com. Today she's teaching us uh about secrets mm-hmm. as a parent because there's good secrets, there's bad secrets, mm-hmm. you know. There's, there's fun secrets. There's Fun secrets.
4: Mm-hmm. Fun secrets would be, you know, not telling somebody in your family what you're going to get them for a birthday yeah. present or for Christmas. Yeah. You know those are the fun secrets. They're eventually going to find out, but it's part of the, you know, the fun. Uh, you may not, as parents, decide to tell your the siblings what gender of the baby they're going to have right. until then. You do the whole reveal. Yeah. They love the whole reveal. But be prepared, because I've Cause, seen some yeah. reveals gone wrong. Those kids screaming. screaming.
0: a girl! I don't want another girl. girl. <laughs> yeah, that was sad.
4: Yeah, and then you have it all in videotape. It's supposed to be this big yeah. celebration. Some and, secrets
0: yeah. are traumatic and will involve therapy for the rest of your life.
4: <laughs> yeah. Lots so of money. those are kind of just fun, short-term things. You know what you're going to get for Christmas. But the thing about it is that you want to withhold information. Um, it's a good thing to withhold information um, when it's a long-term uh, benefit to the child. But if it's painful, yeah. um, you want to ease it in. For instance, let's talk about a big event that they need to adjust to. This is not just like, okay, this is what you're going to get for your Christmas present. Right. This is, "Hey, you know what, I think you know, in a few months – you know, maybe six months, dad and I are just not going to be together anymore. You can't wait until the day yeah. of. Surprise! Surprise! Dad's gone! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those types of things, it's like we're in denial as a right. parent. We don't want it to happen and so we're not going to tell the kids, but we have to ease them into that because they've got a lot of adjustments to yeah. make. There's a mourning process of losing a parent and um, that they need to go through and it's much easier if you prepare them ahead of time. Well,
0: and you don't have to, let's say there was some cause of the divorce, an infidelity or mental health or something. Mm-hmm. You you don't have to get into that
4: not always no no
0: but, but eventually the, it might serve you to get into it
4: yeah and that again uh, listeners be be sensitive and wise um, watch for the maturity level of your child you know if they're 16 maybe we can share more than if they're nine yeah um, and if it serves them well I mean if I think a lot of the time the parents are serving themselves by trying to vindicate themselves by saying well I'm divorcing your dad because he's unfaithful yeah. because he's been running around and so you meant to make yourself prop yourself up to look better but if is it serving the child in their best long term, interest right. long term? Now, eventually, yeah, they might find out. It'll come out. But right then, if you're serving yourself and the information doesn't do anybody any good, but just to hurt the child, mm-hmm. knowing that they're a parent that they love, they still love their dad, you know. OK, so he's been faithful, yeah. but he's going to be your father. Right. Let's don't create loyalty issues if I'm better than him. Right. Even if there's valid just, you know, just cause for the divorce. With time, they'll find out, yeah, but younger children don't need to have so much information well
0: and i've I've had uh situations where a father, let's just say um, had anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. never really dealt with it, but was diagnosed with it, and now that's coming up in the child, and the mother's like, eh. she doesn't want to report that her ex has had anxiety, she thinks the ex should report his own anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yet the ex won't report it. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't want to seem disloyal by telling the truth. But your dad had it. Your dad's dad had it. Mm Anxiety runs in your family. We need to go deal with it. I don't
4: see any problem with reporting that to a child who that needs them for their mental health or their yeah. physical health. If your dad has diabetes,
0: we need to get I, it out. There. I, we
4: need to get out there and start getting people tested in the family. If it's whatever it might be, he has you know any kind of susceptible genetic thing that yeah. might be passed on. Same thing with mental health. I think even a younger child needs to know. If well, I, I think you know it's not going to really be all that important. Young, Younger. but but teenage. Years. Yeah, eventually we got. We're going to deal, gonna with, deal with that. And if dad doesn't want to report it, still the mom can do it delicately mm-hmm. in a sensitive way that doesn't dis, doesn't dishonor.
0: Yeah. the dad that might be worth talking about because mm-hmm. that's a hard conversation. How do you
4: not dishonor? But you can deal with it just as if dad has a broken yeah. arm. Oh yeah, yeah. Dad has a broken arm. You might get one too because you know you know arms the, break. The arms <laughs> just break. You know, you both have those gimpy right that's arms. Right. So you just deal with it the same way. Yeah. But you but it definitely is something that you need to be sensitive and wise about that you're not pr- trying to vindicate yourself by dumping information Mm -hmm. about the spouse that would make you look better. That's
0: probably one great guide is check your motive. Mm -hmm. So if my motive is to make me look better and that's why I'm revealing a secret, Mm -hmm. then you're probably on the wrong track.
4: And you you can be general again. You can say, you know, dad had some issues. Um, and we couldn't get along. Mm-hmm. And you might, you know, when you see him with another woman, that, you know, that was probably one of those things that we could live with all of us together. But mm-hmm. don't be like, she. he was sleeping around with Dad's me. Dad's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a way to express it if your yeah. motives are good. That's right. To still give information that would be
0: useful. But there's, it's really interesting. Earlier, our guest talked about the importance of storytelling mm-hmm. and, and how that creates this legacy for the child that, you know, grandpa and grandma got over trials and struggles. People get over stuff. You'll get over it just like they did. I mean, I wonder if certain secrets not told, um, do they bite us eventually? Like, I mean, why did grandpa yeah. have, you know, mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. divorces? Yeah.
4: I, I agree with you so much there that as the child is older and mature enough, we do not need to keep those skeletons in closets. Yeah. We need to get them out, air those skeletons out and give them some flesh and say these were real people. That's right. We're not hiding this. This yeah. is not secrets in our family that we need to just ignore because these are things that are instructive to yeah. us. So we don't make the same mistakes.
0: Well, then you can build a really great story and we're trying to overcome some of Absolutely. those traditions. And mom and our marriage is strong. Mm-hmm. And, yeah.
4: Yeah. And grandpa struggled with these things and it might have been that he wasn't dealing with them honestly so we are going to deal with them honestly and that's go great. see a mental health professional or go see the doctor, so we can overcome yeah. what he was not able to. Oh, because those were the days of secrets, yeah. you know. But um, I, there's other secrets that I keep from my kids that like, I think are appropriate. We'll talk such about as, your
0: gambling problem. Yeah,
4: that one. The, the tattoo on my <laughs> the backside. Tattoo, yeah, yes,
0: that nobody knew about.
4: <laughs> as well as. <laughs> so you just revealed it. <laughs> I don't. I don't tell my kids what our income is. Yeah,
0: isn't and, that funny? They ask. So, Dad, how much? How do much we do you make? make?
4: How much do we make? You know, we
0: make enough. Yes, Quiet. exactly. Go to your room. Why well, are
4: we rich? No, I have money. You don't. You're poor.
0: Yeah. rich is subjective. <laughs> that's right.
4: But they don't know how much, and I don't ever tell them. Yeah. That's not their information for them to know. Um, so that's important for them to know. Also, another thing to kind of be aware of is sexual topics. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: there's some big secrets. Yeah. <laughs> there really are. What, what one child knows at four would blow their mind away, right? So, at, I mean, at eight would blow the mind away. So, we always keep secrets about that
4: yeah we yeah we don't share too much details yeah. but at by age 8 7 and 8 they need to know some general things about sex okay, ed
0: be careful cuz james we haven't had the talk with
4: you oh Jane sorry yet. james <laughs>
0: He looks shell-shocked. James, we're here for you, son. (laughs) Thanks.
4: Did your parents have the sex talk with you or did they keep secrets from you about that topic?
0: I have no idea what you guys are talking about. (laughs) We call it the special hug on the show. (laughs) We don't use the S word.
4: Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, again, don't overpower them with information. I've heard a funny story once where some child said, well, where did I come from, dad? And dad said, well. Stork. And he just, no, he went in with the whole nine yards. So when a mother and a father Uh, love each uh, other. Exactly. There's a sperm in Are you serious? And then the child just looked and went, i meant like from the hospital or did I come from, you know? Yeah. Are,
0: you, you are we were, from Iowa? From Iowa or from Utah? <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. geez. So
4: you, you let the child Be guide careful. the conversation, yeah. especially yeah. with sex topics. But don't keep it a secret yeah. because you feel uncomfortable right. with that topic. Read some books. Yeah. There's some great websites out there. I've even written Be articles about it.
0: on the websites and the books you read. <laughs> Like don't go Google sex and find a website.
4: Yeah. Um, But but
0: that might be it. So when your child gives you the cue that they Mm -hmm. need to have the talk, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then say, you know what? That's a great topic. Let's – Make a date, we'll go talk about that and then go get ready yes. and learn.
4: And give them some information at eight, more at 10, even more at 12, yeah. and maybe the whole tamale at 18. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to do. But the point is, in gradual stages, you need to feel more and more comfortable talking to your child about that. So by the time they're on their own, yeah. they know that anything's open topic and they can. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to reveal your own personal sex life, but no. you can talk in, you know, good informational terms. I love it because yeah.
0: they. And I even say that. I'm going to tell you a secret Mm -hmm. that none of your friends know. But when they hear the word, they all giggle. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what it all means. So you're going to know. And what's cool about it is they're actually excited to know the secret until they know the secret. Then they're like, ew. But yeah. I, I love that because now they're empowered to deal with their friends. And
4: I love the way you say, I have a secret <clears throat> that none of your friends know, or they may not know the real answers right. to. They, and they may they tell you some the stuff. Words. They yeah. might tell you stuff that's not right, and I'm going to tell right. you what's right. And, you're and, know. And, and And listeners out there, you may say, Well, I'm going to follow the lead of the child. The child may not be ever asking you because uh-huh. they feel uncomfortable oh, talking right. to you. So I say, Have the talk.
0: Oh, yeah. I, have I, I'd have talk. that one scheduled. Have
4: the scheduled talk at 8 8 and 10 and 12 and, and on up and um, be the be the one. And even if they say, ooh, I don't want to talk about this anymore, yeah. say, well, you know what? I have whatever you need. I'm here for you. Yeah. And and let, let them know that the door is always open.
0: But that's one of the best mm-hmm. gifts you can give your child is a healthy understanding of sexuality.
4: Yes. And I can just tell you after teaching the marriage class again and again and again, that's one of the number one – well – What I hear from students is my parents never said anything to me. It was this big secret. We're a
0: bunch of fraidy cats.
4: Yes. And my mom and dad didn't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I got married, and this is what happens (laughs) Dad comes up to me and he says, Well, son, remember I told you all those things you couldn't do? Yeah. Well, today you can.
0: Today's the day, son. (laughs) Make it happen.
4: (laughs) Oh, that is so messed that's up. It, that's it. That's all the information they get. <laughs>
0: while, while you're like taking the bridle off and the, <laughs> all of these, you know, the, the reins are free. Hey, there you go, son. Mm-hmm. You're free as bird. Yeah. See, oh, we mess them up.
4: Yeah. And that's really a conflicting um, message to children that, oop. Now you oh, can't. Now you can And so easing them into the joys and yeah. the anticipation of it and the good that you can do in a right. healthy sex relationship rather than no, no, no. And then, okay, now it's all okay. That messes Sheesh. people up sexually. So See, from, keeping secrets is very damaging to relationships. Well, and
0: it's it, – I, I love how you – In that regard. I love how you – but it really because there's so many secrets and some of them from the holiday secrets that we keep around the holidays to the sex secrets. I mean there. They're not really secretive. <laughs> they just are in our heads, right? Mm-hmm. And But part of that is know your kid, right? Mm-hmm. Go by your child. Whatever your child's needing to know, let's use that. Let's go there.
4: Yeah. And whatever you share with them, make sure that it's not inflicting pain, but it's helpful in the long run. Yeah. Prepare them for big events, especially ones that could be traumatic so they need time to adjust. Like marriage. And don't withhold information just because you're uncomfortable sharing it. Mm. Do it in an appropriate way.
0: Yes. There you have it. Right there from the bomb mom. Nobody keeps a better secret than Julie K. Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so bad. Uh, thanks, Julie. You're hey, going to stick be here. around? Great you got to stick around. Six reasons people should be happy. That's what we're going to talk about All next. All right, then. Alyssa's going to teach us that uh, raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, <laughs> <laughs> unicorns and butterflies. Up next on the Matt Townsend show, we're going to take a break coming back talking about the six reasons why you should be happy up next on BYU Radio. You look, your heart, your heart. I hand the Welcome you back, look. everybody, to the uh, Full House theme. My kids are watching Full House now. Is that the craziest thing? Like they cannot – they watch it all the time. It drives me batty. Why do I not like? It's homework. My homework is associated with mm-hmm. most of these. You're
1: jealous of John Stamos and his
0: hair. John Stamos and his hair. That's another reason. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It's always had uh, – this always meant I've got – and Happy Days. Remember Happy Days? Yes. That's like I got to get going. Yes. MASH. Whenever I hear MASH. The music from Mash—that means my date is over. It's time to leave my wife's house. <laughs> when we were dating, we'd watch Mash, and once Mash, you was have done, all these that...
4: musical cues in your head that tell you what's By going way, on. They're all
0: attached to TV. Yeah,
4: you were TV. So my food. head's,
0: my brain's very squishy. Yeah, because <laughs> my mom said if I watch too much TV, my brain will go soft.
4: Yeah, I told so my kids true? it would turn their, your brains to oatmeal. So pretty much, I'm the same mom. I as your mom. love
0: oatmeal. Yeah. Uh, Raindrops on roses and whiskers on – anybody? Kittens. Kittens? kittens? Bright copper, kettles, and warm –
4: Woolen mittens. Mittens.
0: That is messed up. You know this. Oh,
4: I know the whole thing, yeah.
0: Holy cow. (laughs) She really loved that
3: movie. (laughs)
0: Well, uh, apparently so did Alyssa. Alyssa, did you love that movie? Yes. Do you want to sing a bar? It
3: was like the movie that we had on Sundays. Mm. Apparently it was okay to watch on Sundays. Mm. That was the Sunday
0: movie. I don't know why. Well, I think that and Lawrence Welk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> those two go together. <laughs> like, if I had to choose between one, the two of those, I'd be choosing Zelda
3: music. There you go. <laughs>
0: and the Ten Commandments movie. Yeah, because that was always good for church. All good options. So uh, you have for us six reasons we should be happy. Yes. And a list of your favorite things. Yes. Like, go.
3: Okay, so the first reason we should be happy is that we have modern day technology. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: because now we can watch any movie we want on Sunday.
3: Whenever you want.
0: Naughty. Not, Not just anytime. during homework time. Yeah.
3: And apparently, in college, you can binge watch. I don't love doing that. Oh, but I do. It is a trend. No, I'm not even yeah. in
0: college. <laughs> binge watching. Yeah, that's true. So technology is something to be grateful for. Yeah, I can for. watch yeah.
4: all 24 episodes of 24 right. without any right. commercial interruption, like an entire day.
0: Wow. Yeah. Someone needs a life.
3: <laughs> I love 24. But she won't. She's just saying she it. can because of it, she has day technology. she has the
0: technology.
3: Yeah. yeah. And I'm in college, and I can Facetime my parents when I miss them, and oh, I can wow. see their faces, That's which cute. I think is so cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know what else is cool about it? Your kids can Facetime each other and all of their friends for hours on end.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking true. of Salzburg, so we're up at the fortress. I mean, we're out in the Who's middle speaking of, Salzburg. of Salzburg. Well, we're all speaking break at the break. So okay. I was talking about Salzburg. So we're like over in Austria. We go up to the fortress at the top. And was like the most amazing place on earth. Yeah. And my kids say, oh, "Look, it has Wi Fi. There's a little sign that says <laughs> Wi Fi." So we're on the top of the Mount Everest up there on the on uh, the fortress. And my son is FaceTiming my daughter back at home in oh how in, cool in, in is Utah. that? Yeah. So we're up there FaceTiming our daughter. It was of course like three o'clock in the morning or yeah. something like that. Did
1: she appreciate? And, that? No, she
4: didn't. But it was it was like finally we got Wi Fi. It was fabulous. So we could have this instant connection yeah. with our daughter. Thousands of miles.
0: The away. things that matter. It's like a whisker on a kitten. <laughs> oh, <man.
3: laughs>
0: anyway, keep going. That's funny. <laughs> keep going. Okay,
3: another one is the fall weather. Yes. This can be good or bad, no. but I think it's a good thing. Now, fall's
0: easily my There's fourth favorite bad. season. There's
3: no downside to fall. Yeah, it's my the favorite color. My favorite season of all.
4: Is it really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. It's because you
0: get to wear a sweater. You start. Oh, the girls You start smile. layering up.
4: Oh, it's beautiful. It also happens to be my birthday. Oh, when's your birthday?
0: There's a um, s- subtle hint.
4: Oh, oh wow, we're you getting ready for it. In. But I love fall. Fall is when's gorgeous. your birthday?
0: Let's write that down.
4: Well, don't we tell you? You'll never forget.
0: I will. But go ahead.
3: Um, <laughs> Halloween.
0: Really? Yeah.
3: That's so fun. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes. I sense. I told
3: you you would never forget. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. A
0: lot of things are starting to make more sense now. <laughs>
3: yes,
4: I was a little witch born on
0: Halloween. You are not a witch.
3: <laughs> do you do something special because you were born on Halloween? What do you do to well, celebrate? Well, costume. Like you'd basically have your whole, you know, costume. You always parade. had a party on mm-hmm.
0: your birthday.
4: Everyone's dressed nice. up. It's like and masquerade. Candy. I yeah, love that's
3: that. That's cool. Yeah.
0: That's way cool. I want to have a child on Halloween. I
3: know, it's so cool. <laughs> Okay, another thing to be happy about um, are the little things in life. So my mom always tells me when I'm feeling down in college, she says, well, just look up at the mountains around you. So at BYU, wow. we are surrounded by the beautiful mountains and the Those trees. Those are big things. Yeah, exactly. But a big little thing. <laughs> a big little thing. That's, <laughs> that's true. No, that's, that's
0: true. That's really good. I was thinking more like a pacemaker. <laughs> That's a little thing, right? But it makes a big
3: difference. Big okay, a difference. little thing—maybe someone else smiling and saying hi to you when they walked by, there you go. or just appreciating others being kind. That's good. And you know, just look up and put your phone down and appreciate the little things. That's yes. something to be happy about. Alyssa, I love that.
0: <laughs> or uh, basketball players that you get—you get to go over and interview.
3: We all, yep. We won't go into that.
0: But that was fantastic. That I was, was so fun. happy for you both. We
3: liked it. That was great. <laughs> Okay, another thing is appreciating where you live. So I live in an apartment with five other girls. Whoa. And I think it's so fun. Does it? Is it? Okay. Yes. That's why you need to call
0: your mom about when you're down.
3: <laughs> right. Mom, the girls are being Sharing mean. Sharing the fridge with five other girls. That's cool. So
0: you just appreciate that you have friends.
3: Right. Appreciate neighbors. Appreciate where you are.
0: People using your soap. <laughs>
3: Yeah, kind of. But they buy the paper towels, so.
0: Okay, well, so yeah. <laughs> it's all even.
3: That's it's all great. Good. That's too. Yes. Okay. Another one is um appreciating the holiday season. So this goes along with fall, but we have to talk about the holidays. You love the holidays. I love them. What's Do you Halloween? love the holidays? Especially Halloween. is my oh, favorite yeah. holiday. I, you know
0: <laughs> I what? Wonder why it's now is. my favorite. Yeah, I used to hate it, but now I love it. Are no, you a holiday? No, I love, love the
4: holidays. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Except for Thanksgiving. I'm not a big fan of Thanksgiving oh, food. But... Why? Why? You know, it all tastes like baby food to me.
0: Oh my goodness! I know. I know. Really? Now I'm going to
4: think of you. Think you had some really good baby food. I,
0: well, I'm telling you, it's
4: all soft and kind of blandish oh, and yes. soggy bread.
0: And that's just the turkey.
4: So- oh my yeah. goodness! But no, I love being together with our family, and no, it's yeah, great. that's
3: true. It's great. That balances it out. I don't yeah. like holidays. Oh, Mister Scrooge! I really
0: don't. I like the people.
3: You know, I like holidays? the food. Then but- you like the holiday.
0: Holidays are stressful. That's what the holidays are. They're people and food. But see, as a parent, it's a lot more stressful because he
4: doesn't want to climb up and put the lights on his house. He doesn't
0: exactly, have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my wife broke her arm doing it, so
3: so he has to now.
1: Now I got to do it because the
0: neighbors are all like talking. <laughs> neighbors. Oh my goodness. Um, no, but it's just it's stressful. It's more money. Mm-hmm. It's and then you're buying you're buying stuff that you know. You don't need to buy, but you're obligated to buy, mm-hmm. and you know. Like I've bought a Christmas card, a uh, what are they called? Um, a card. The ones that like, the same? A, like where you like, hey, go to Nordstrom's and oh, the g-
4: gift, gift cards.
0: cards. Like, I bought a gift card, and they gave me a gift card, and we all just passed <laughs> gift cards around. <laughs> And we're all like, we could have saved everybody's stress by just everybody get your own gift card. And we would have been done.
3: Well, yeah, that happens if you all give gift cards.
0: Yeah, but well, what else are you supposed to give? <laughs> Knives. <laughs> Knives. Hey, when in doubt, knife it out. Hey, um, good job, Alyssa. Thank you. That was wonderful. And I, I think warm woolen mittens are great, too.
4: And whiskers on kittens. Let's just say yeah. to him.
0: Better whiskers on kittens than your kitten's whiskers on you. Like, I can't stand cats, not to be rude.
3: I can't either, yeah.
0: I love dogs. I agree with you. And I'm allergic to cats. I agree with you. And they're kittens and mittens. Hey, uh, thanks for being here.
4: (laughs) Mm, My pleasure.
0: Julie K. Nelson, you got to put the K in there. Uh, Here's a quote for you from Carly Marie. Our children are only ever lent to us. We never know just how long we will be able to keep them, so kiss them, cuddle them, praise them, and hold them tight But most of all, tell them you love them every day. Tomorrow, folks, we're going to be doing nothing. Actually, we're going to talk about doing nothing and the art form that it is doing nothing. Tomorrow on the Matt Townsend Show, thanks for joining us. And again, make sure you keep finding the good in the world. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you soon.